So absolute pleasure today to have Richie Bostock onto the Shredder Show podcast. So Richie's also known as the breath guy. Uh, he's a world leading expert in breathing and you've got quite a fascinating background in terms of how I think you first got into the dynamics of learning and educating people in terms of breathing, which we'll come into a little bit. Um, we've obviously previously had Patrick McKern on the podcast, who talks a little bit more about uh, the athletic performance. And today we're going to talk about that as well, but also more in terms of like mental health and stress and anxiety, which I think after the last four or five months, as me and Richie were just talking about before the podcast started, uh, has been interesting for everyone. So uh, welcome on board to the podcast. Thank you very much for your time, Richie. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be here and to speak with you. Cool. Um, so to give us a little bit of a, a context on where things first started for you, because this was quite an interesting story uh, yeah. to you, Rich, in terms of like the breathing work and how you first got into this world. How did that first come about? Yeah, well, they don't typically suggest high school students go and teach people how to breathe, right? There's not really like a, a university degree specifically for that. Um, I, I actually started... Uh, my professional career in management consulting. So in one of those big consulting firms, and I did that for about six years. Um, I eventually left that and also uh, started learning about coding and web development and app development and ran a business uh, building apps. And, and then it was you know around that time that my dad was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, MS, it's an autoimmune, autoimmune disease. And, you know, I'm like, most autoimmune issues, there's no magic pill that you can take and it just disappears. It's a lifestyle um, issue that a lot of people will face, you know, sometimes for the rest of their life. Uh, so I was always on the lookout for things to be able to help my dad, whether it was, you know, alternative treatments, alternative medicine, therapies, diets, whatever. Uh, and it was through my research that I came across this guy called Wim Hof. Um, some of you may have heard him before, also known as the Iceman, this crazy, this crazy Dutch guy that can do all these amazing stunts in extreme cold condi conditions. So things like swimming under ice for the longest distance. So he had a world record in that. He nearly summited Everest just wearing shorts and hiking boots and nothing else. Um, you know, he has all of these interesting world records. And uh, he was talking on this podcast about how his method is useful Oh, so he created a method uh, based off his training and his experience that seems to be useful for everyone's health and well-being. It involves some breathing techniques and also some cold exposure training. And he's saying it's great for everybody. Everybody should do it. But it's interesting how specifically it seems to help people with autoimmune issues. So that kind of caught my attention. So I ended up uh, traveling to Poland and spending a week in the snow learning the Wim Hof method. And we we're doing all these big breathing sessions, you know, where we're basically, you know, lying on our backs and doing these breathing techniques for 30, 40 minutes nonstop. Uh, well, then we're in the ice, we're in the snow, hiking around barefoot in our shorts. It's minus six degrees out, swimming in the ice lakes. Uh, we climbed the tallest mountain in Poland, just wearing our shorts again, minus 19 degrees at the top with wind and snow. And uh, it was the most incredible experience. And you know, it, it was it was breakthrough for me as well in terms of uh, what was possible for uh, me as a human being to be able to do and the things that I was able to feel. And um, even with just the breathing, you know, the cold stuff sounds cool. But for me, it was actually the breathing that got me because I had such incredible experiences. You could almost even say breakthroughs just by breathing in certain ways. Uh, for specific periods of time and um to cut a long story short anyway i came back home and shared uh the the experience with dad and he started to do 
the, uh, the techniques so breathing every morning, cold showers every morning and the, you know, progression of his MS completely stopped in its tracks and we're years down the track now and it hasn't changed at all. You know, it hasn't come back. It hasn't flared up. So it was really profound. And I caught the bug after that, you know, I was like, what else can breathing do? What else is possible with the breath? And it's, you know, it started three and a half uh, years of traveling all over the world, learning from all sorts of different people about breathing and applying it in all sorts of different ways, whether it's for things like stress and anxiety, whether it's for uh, sports performance, whether it's for um, people with some pulmonary issues or respiratory issues, um, even deep emotional healing work as a form of therapy. So using the breath in all sorts of different ways, and I always tell people it's kind of like the Swiss army knife for the body in the sense that you have this tool that can be used in all sorts of different ways for all sorts of different benefits. You just need to know how. And yeah, now I teach people how to breathe for a living. It's a, it's a real job. And what's incredible to see now is how um, popular it's getting you know, with, with brilliant people like Patrick, who you've, who you've spoken to before and, and many other people who are, you know, sharing their gifts and all centered around the breath and really helping a lot of people and uh, whether it's to help them with performance or help them with medical issues or help them with mental, emotional issues. It's, it's absolutely brilliant to see. Absolutely. I'm interested. How, how long ago was that with your, your dad? Six, coming up to six years now, just a bit over six years. Yeah. That's crazy. I think yeah. he, what did the, what did his uh, like doctors and say? You know, it's a funny old thing um, because I think when something sounds so out there, and you have people who are very busy, and I don't know, you know, in Australia, you know, with the the medical system, you know, you you see your doctor, you have like a six minute consultation, and then you're out, you know. Yeah. So it's people are very busy patients back to back to back to back, um, you know, and also, you know, spent a lot of time training in looking at things in a certain way that as soon as you come and say, Hey, look, like uh, taking a cold shower and a bit of breathing is really helping my MS. It, it's, it's almost like it's too much to take in. And to, so basically, you know, the, the, it's the sto same story as you hear all the time. They basically, well, that's fantastic. Keep doing what you're doing. I don't know why it's working. See you later kind of thing it's, it's almost too obvious and too simple yeah. an answer yeah exactly exactly and they're so busy that they don't necessarily have the time or energy to be like okay i need to investigate this um i know that's a massive generalization but that was the dad's experience yeah i'd agree with that i think it's one of those things like um it's one of the questions i want to ask you is that like i think breathing so massively overlooked in terms of its importance so when you think about it like from a basic fundamental point of life like what are the two probably most basic things we do is probably breathing and walking and like does anyone actually pay attention if we do these things correctly and like if you're not doing things things efficiently and correct like correctly anyway anything you do stacked on top of that in terms of like weight training or exercise or whatever it might be isn't going to be optimal and that's just a fact i mean and you know breathing is central to everything that we do there's never a moment in time that we're not breathing for most of us anyway. Um, and, uh, and actually, you know, the way that you breathe when you live different parts of your day uh, will change and actually becoming conscious of how your breathing changes when you do certain things can really 
tell you a lot about your state when you do them, your relationship with the things that you're doing or the environments that you're in. Um, you know, breathing is a behavior as well, and it's, it can be learned. And quite a lot of people develop quite bad breathing habits. Um, and it might not be all the time. It might just be in, in specific moments in the day or in specific environments or around specific people. You know, it seems so simple, but actually, and you know, this is why I spent, you know, three and a half years going all over trying to work out this breathing thing is because there is actually such a detailed science to it that we don't even fully understand yet. It's still, uh, it's still very much in progress, but, um, but it is, it can be very granular in terms of the ways that it can affect you, but you're right. You know, it's, it's the, often the most simple things that are overlooked. It's the way I look at it with a lot of people. It's like the, it's like the weak link in the chain. If you can have, say for an athlete, if everything's perfect, but your breathing's horrendous, that's the one thing that's holding you back. No matter how mentally strong you might be or whatever it is, if you're, if your breathing is horrendous, that's going to be like an anchor you're, you're trying to drag along almost. And for, you know, and for athletics in particular, there's some brilliant people like Patrick. Um, there's another fellow called Brian McKenzie who yeah. runs uh, out of breath and um, also um, Lard Hamilton who does XPT. And these guys are looking at breathing uh, frameworks and concepts specifically for sports performance. And rather than, focusing on the mechanics of the actions or the exercises or the sport that you have to do the movement it's can you actually put the breathing mechanic first mm. and get that first and then attach the movement behind it and it's really amazing it's a kind of you know it's kind of flipping things on its head a little bit but they are seeing brilliant results and they're working with some amazing athletes especially in the states um around yeah around breathing sports performance and uh, yeah they're they're absolutely awesome and like for anyone listening at home what would be some sort of signs that perhaps you've got breathing that's maybe like partly dysfunctional suboptimal and and did you were you in that situation yourself when you first came into this world like were you a mouth breather or anything like that or well you know when i first got into breath work the styles of breath work that i went in got into weren't as much about um uh the kind of breathing pattern disorders that you know, people like Patrick and, and, and others would focus on. Um, I got into it originally through Wim Hof method first, and then the next step was kind of almost the deep end of breath work. Because, well, breath work as you define it is really any time you become aware of your breathing and then start to change it to create some sort of physical, mental, or emotional benefit for yourself. So it's it's very broad definition. And on one side of it, you have um, the therapeutic styles of breath work or what we call integrative breath work, where you practically what it looks like is you lie down and you do certain types of breathing for, you know, it can be like an hour, two hours, nonstop, quite involved, quite deep, quite heavy breathing to create altered states of consciousness in order to do some really good uh, exploration around your unconscious, your, the, the emotional parts of you, the, the midbrain, the limbic system and understand if there's, some traumas, stresses, tensions, anything that you might want to release and let go of. And that was what I really focused on. My first part of breathwork training, my breathwork training was, was that world. Um, and then I kind of worked backwards from there and started finding people like Patrick and, and other people who were working more around, okay, well, there's this amazing tool that you can use as a way of, as a, as a form of therapy, but what about how you just breathe day to day? What is, what does that look like? Um, and so I would say 
when I first really started paying attention to that, I was probably already in quite a good um, category. Uh, I, I didn't really seem to mouth breathe that much when I really started to pay attention to it. Um, what I was quite conscious of though was how uh, locked up I was in my chest, which is quite interesting. Many people think, of, and, you know, if you have any kind of idea of how you're supposed to breathe, most people will say things like, you're supposed to breathe into your belly. And if you breathe too high up into your chest, you're not taking a full breath. Well, I kind of had this weird reverse thing going on where my chest was actually really locked up and solid and I was breathing into my belly when actually our breath is supposed to go into our chest as well. There's, there's the, if you look at how a baby or a toddler breathes, there's actually this full movement starting in the diaphragm. So that's, you know, the bottom of your ribs and that it kind of travels down into the ba belly passively but the ribs the, uh, still expand because the intercostal muscles in between your ribs are being engaged. And that's a beautiful breath. You know, if you're, if you're going like this, you know, where you see a lot of movement going up vertically through your shoulders and you feel tension through your neck, then that's not so useful, but we are supposed to breathe in our chest. There's nothing that bad about chest breathing, but mine was completely locked up. Um, and so that was my challenge actually was learning how to relax uh, and, um, and engage these muscles again. So I was, a, I was a bit of an odd one. I was a bit backwards. There's a lot of people I, I see, well, I get it a bit personal myself. Is it like even having a huge amount of muscle tightness, like even within your, say your chest, your pecs and costals, like poor thoracic mobility in your upper back because your, your vertebrae and your ribs literally cannot move. They're almost like locked in, in stone. It's like having a balloon inside almost like a cement box. It can't expand anymore. Absolutely. And part of, if, if that's the case, then actually part of developing a good breathing mechanic is starting to get some flexibility back through your thoracic um, cavities, you know, so through your ribs, through your spine, you know, letting go of your, um, um, loosening up your, your pecs and also your lats as well. Your lats are a big one. Um, so there's a lot of uh, you know, stretching and foam rolling and, and breathing in those stretches and, and yeah, just getting that range of motion back. Interestingly enough, I, I first came aware of um, breathing, trying a few yoga classes and uh, it got made apparent to me that I was horrendous and alongside my thoracic mobility and a few other things. And then when you start to make little improvements to that, it's amazing how much everything improves and how much like exercise becomes easier. Just everything becomes easier when your body actually starts to function correctly. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, absolutely. You know, I, I used to um, do a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I noticed a lot, if, if, you, if no one's ever done Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, it's, it's a martial art where you, um, there's no striking involved and it's kind of, you may have heard of judo, it's a bit more popular, but think of it kind of like wrestling, right? So it's, it's, it's grappling, it's a grappling martial art and it's very taxing on your cardio. You know, you can be in a, an endurance athlete and then get on the, the Jiu Jitsu mat and you can be gassed within a few seconds. Um, and what I noticed was that as soon as I started to bring my breath work into that practice, how my cardio just shot through the roof. And it made me realize, you know, it's, it's incredible how quickly our lungs fail before our muscles do a lot of the time. And if you are then able to start to focus on your, your, your respiratory mechanics, your breathing mechanics, it means that it is a better place to support your body metabolically to be able to provide the energy for you to do what you do. Um, sometimes, you know, your muscles can still be strong. You can still have, um, the endurance or the power there, but you know, if you're not breathing correctly, you're not fueling your body to be able to provide that. So, 
Um, so yeah, so I, I, I think it's, it's very, very, I say it you now, I say it's been very overlooked, but I think in the last year or so, there's been such, there's so much of a spotlight has been put on breathing. Um, and I think it's probably going to be one of the things that's going to be focused on in a, in, you know, any kind of, uh, class, whether it's a hit class, like a, a Barry's boot camp or any of these kind of hit things, you know, they're going to be telling people really specifically about breathing very soon. 100%. From a practical point of view, you mentioned obviously your improvements you made when you went to jujitsu. Like what sort of things were you looking to do? Like what, how did you improve? So what I did was I actually started to pay attention to the way that I breathe. That was the first. It's amazing how that works. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's tricky, right? Especially in jujitsu, if you're like sparring somebody, you know, jujitsu is a very complex um, martial arts. They call it human chess. So you, you're having to think very strategically while you're moving. Um, but at the same time, throwing on, uh, thinking about your breath as well. So moving with your breath and in jujitsu anyway, and in any martial art and many other sports, you know, there are moments in time where you are able to take your, um, your foot off the pedal a little bit, in which case focus on your breath and really, and, and, um, use the breath in a very conscious way to rebalance the, the, the gases in your blood to be able to reoxygenate and make sure that you are in, in a place of, um, uh, in an optimal state. So those moments where you do get a break, use the breath and, 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 um, and bring your body back to a, to a, to an optimal state. Um, so for example, you know, if, if let's say, for example, I'm on, I'm on my back in jiu-jitsu and I managed to what we call sweep somebody where you are able to take a dominant position by reversing it and getting on top. Once I feel like I'm in control, I can relax for a moment and I can just focus on my breathing, either taking deeper breaths um, or taking even some faster breaths sometimes just to quickly ventilate, get that scrub, that excess CO2 out of my system. Um, and um, there's some funny things that you can do. Actually, I had this amazing uh, jiu-jitsu um, teacher he used to work, he was trained under one of the greatest um, jujitsu practitioners, Hicks and Gracie. Um, and he even used the breath in a way, which is really sneaky, where if he was on top of someone, he would inhale and then he would exhale towards the person's face so that the air that they brought in had a higher carbon dioxide count or content. That's, that's you know? That's so sneaky. things like that, you know, so sneaky. Um, but yeah, so even, for example, in, in, in your hip class or something like that, or, you know, if you're playing football and you're off the ball and you get to take a break, take that 10, 15 seconds just to really focus on your breathing. Big breaths in, perhaps big breaths out if you are, um, if you are let's say, very out of breath. Actually, the, uh, the, um, Brian McKenzie and the Out of Breath guys, they have this brilliant gearing system where they talk about depending on where you are uh, metabolic, metabolic, metabolically, metabolic, I, I've taken six weeks off. I it's can't, cool. <laughs> I, I, I haven't spoken in about six weeks. Um, uh, and um, yeah, there's like certain ways to breathe based off the needs of your body, um, which is absolutely brilliant. Cool. And in, in terms of that, you mentioned in terms of like getting your breath back and controlling that process. So like, Say, for example, you're playing football and you've got a 30-second break. Would you then focus on trying to take big, breath, big breaths in nasally? And would you be looking to exhale through your mouth or exhale through your nose? What would you be, how would you be to, like? To yep. So let's say, let's, say, let's say you've um, had, a, you just had a, a big sprint in 40 and you're out of breath. Okay. So you have 30 seconds off the ball to kind of catch your breath and you're, you're panting, you know, the natural thing that we do. 
And we pant for a reason, right? It's a natural reflex to be able to balance the, the, the gases in our blood again. So why not really exaggerate those pants? Like actually put conscious effort into making them bigger. So really deep breaths in, really deep breaths out. Really, you know, make, make it happen in a more exaggerated way. In and out through the mouth is because we can ventilate quicker through the mouth. But once you do that maybe seven or eight times, then you can start to slow things down when you might want to inhale through the nose and then exhale through the mouth. Inhale through the nose, exhale through the mouth. And then eventually when you really feel comfortable and catch your breath, just go back to the nose. So this is, this is kind of similar to what the Art of Breath guys do with their gearing system. It is you know, taking um, steps towards um, moving from a place where your focus is trying to um, rebalance your gases in your blood to bringing your heart rate down and getting the body into a place of relaxation. Um, and so you start mouth, mouth, deep breaths in and out. Then you switch to nose, mouth, and still deep breaths, but just starting to bring in the nose and then just nose, nose, and trying to slow it down after that, which really uh, helps to bring down the heart rate and bring yourself back to a place of center. And, and the mouth, mouth breathing is because your body can't tolerate the amount of carbon dioxide in your body and your blood, isn't it? Because it gets... Um... Yeah, 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 yeah. Hypercap. Um, yes, yeah, hypoxic, hypoxic. Yeah, that's sorry. the word. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So you know, when your cells are creating the energy that you need to run really fast, it's using the oxygen in your blood, and part of the process of tra converting that oxygen into energy, uh, one of the outputs is carbon dioxide, and the carbon dioxide in your blood rises and rises and rises, and it's that increase in carbon dioxide that um, uh, gives you the urge to breathe. Yeah, that, that feeling of breath hunger. Now, uh, you can do stuff like, like what Patrick talks about, where um, you can actually train the body to be more tolerant to that level, higher levels of carbon dioxide, and therefore be able to push the body a little bit more, which is a very useful thing to do in an athletic endeavor. Um, but interestingly, you know, high levels of, uh, sorry, a low level of um, tolerance to carbon dioxide in the blood has also been linked to things like a hyperactive nervous system high levels of stress, high levels of anxiety. Um, you know, this is typically where we start to see people who are um, chronically hypercapnic, which means they have low levels of carbon dioxide in their blood because carbon dioxide is actually kind of important. I'm sure Patrick talked about all this, but like, um, but yeah, so, so the, the, we breathe in and out through our mouth just to rebalance quickly. And then we want to try and bring everything back down. I have to say, I'm really impressed with that sneaky technique that your jujitsu master said about breathing on people. If, if I was into MMA or anything like that, that's definitely something I'd look to uh, deploy. Another one that he does is that he tries to um, time his breathing to the other persons, but in reverse. So, for example, when... Um, Let's say you're you're on your you know this there's a lot of hugging you know in jiu-jitsu you're a lot of belly to belly chest to chest contact but for example when that when somebody who let's say is is underneath you and you have them pinned to the ground so when they exhale or naturally their 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 um their thoracic cavity contracts right so when they inhale it's going to get bigger so what you want to do is when they inhale you inhale just a little bit before they do and with more force so that it pushes against their ability to inhale, stopping them from being able to breathe as hard. So that's another one, you know, it's, it's really, really tricky. 
very very clever yeah in terms of like building up co2 tolerance within the body like is there anything that you have looked to do like one of the things i've been playing around with doing a lot of walking during this lockdown situation is like hold like a big breath in hold my breath for as long as i can how many steps can i do as like a little game to try and entertain myself uh yeah. and try and hold it for as long as possible is one of the, one of the things i've been trying the um the buteco method was really the uh, i think the first method that pioneered this idea of of conscious breath holding as a way to build up tolerance to carbon dioxide in your blood um and and patrick's work oxygen advantage does the same thing so absolutely you know holding your breath while you walk um one th one thing that's really useful i i do free some free diving and there's a there's a framework of um uh, breath holding exercises called uh, oxygen or carbon dioxide tables. Um, so if anyone's interested in that, you can just look up O2 tables or CO2 tables, um, freediving. And it's a way of progressively and slowly and gently either increasing the levels of carbon dioxide um, over a period of 10 to 15 minutes and getting used to what that feels like. Um, another one that I like to do um, is something that I called the dioxide dance and it's a it's 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 a it's a fun one and what you do is you just start to breathe in and out through the nose if you're, you're either seated or lying down and then you start to make the breaths a little smaller each time a little bit less a little bit less a little bit less a little bit less so you're still breathing but you're making each breath just a little bit smaller and eventually you'll get to a point when you'll start to feel that air hunger start to come up inside of you. And that, at this point is when you know that you've made the breath small enough. And this is where you want to stay. So it starts to become this fun little dance of you're still breathing, but you're maintaining this level of carbon dioxide in your blood. And when the air hunger becomes a little bit too much, you take a slightly deeper breath in for maybe the next couple of breaths, or if it starts to become a little bit too easy, start to make them smaller and bring in that air hunger. And you hold that balance of air hunger for, um, you know, I, I like to do it up to about five minutes. Um, you can do it for 30 seconds, take a break, 30 seconds, take a break. But, you know, it's, it's just maintaining that level and just getting used to what that feels like and training your body and your mind to say, you know what, I'm actually okay. You know, I'm not dying here. I can survive. Um, and that can make a huge difference, not just in things like sports performance, but also uh, for things like stress and anxiety. hundred uh, percent. That's one of the things that we really want to sort of come into and cover quite uh, in depth was in terms of like stress and anxiety. Cause I think that obviously we've had the last few months have been fairly interesting to say at least for most people. And I think, stress and anxiety with social media and almost like overstimulation all the time from technologies is a real issue um is that something you've seen change quite a lot during your like time within breath work and how things have progressed for you is that something people are coming to you more with i mean uh, you you know constantly being bombarded with information i i felt that hugely especially over the lockdown during this time so much so that i took six weeks off and was off all news off all social media just completely and i just went off into the wilderness basically by myself um but uh but yeah 100 uh, you know we are constantly um 
taking in information and oh gosh, I've forgotten who said this now, the, the, where I got this is escaping me, but it's something like the, the amount of data that comes into through our eyes, through our ears, even through our nose, through our mouth, um, that we get in one day is probably the same as, you know, what people maybe 50 years ago got in like three months. You know, we are such highly stimulated beings. We are um, analog beings in this digital age and we're just fighting to catch up basically and try and work out how to deal with this. And I see it so much. And, you know, one thing that I even I'm noticing for myself is as I have just come off this big stint of time, um, off most devices, off emails and social and all these things is okay. I, I feel the difference in me. I feel, I can see how much more space I have in my, in my mind and how I think and how can I still exist on social and do all these things and exist in the world and run a business, but still maintain that. And I think just creating some very specific rules about how you engage with these platforms has to be the way forward, you know, setting specific times for when you will go on Instagram or when you'll respond to emails, um, you know, seeing if you really need to look at the news at all, that kind of thing, you know, one of the things that I kind of um, follow is if there's something that important, like on the news, somebody's going to tell me, you know, someone's going to message me and be like, Oh my gosh, did you see this thing? And I'll be like, no, let me check. So, um, you know, I think, I think really thinking about how much input you bring into your, into your brain is really important and creating space in to, to be bored. We've actually forgotten how to be bored. You know, I mean, you know, we're probably about the same age, like, you know, it's, I still remember in high school catching buses and to and from like school and home and yeah, just sitting nice. there and just not actually doing anything, just sitting and looking out the window, you know, we've forgotten how to do that. Um, so I think um, we need to create space to learn how to be bored again. Cause actually it's in those moments um, of emptiness that actually some of the most brilliant ideas, thoughts and inspirations come out of come from. Um, but to kind of actually answer the question you asked, yeah, I, I would I'll see a lot of people these days who are searching for um, tools and techniques, advice and help on how to manage. And it doesn't even necessarily need to be. I had this massive traumatic event that happened to me a few years ago or when I was a child or any of these things. These days, it's, a lot of it is just this, this accumulation of micro stresses because we just never get a break from the world um, that people need help with. So um, it's, yeah, I think there are lots of ways and breath work is a brilliant way to be able to help in that sense because it's so simple and so easy. You don't need to be a a, a, a experienced meditator or, or a yogi. Um, you don't need to be a vegan, you know, like you can, you can be Joe blogs off the street. And if you apply a certain breathing methodology for just a few minutes, you'll feel different. So, um, I, it's very accessible. It's easy. And once you learn the technique, it's free. Right. So yeah, it doesn't get better than that. I think. And that's one of the big things you push on your, your app system is teaching people these skills. Yeah. Yeah. So I have an app. Um, the app is more around providing, uh, think of it kind of like guided meditations, but with breath work. So a bit, I call a little them, bit like headspace almost. bit like headspace. Yeah. So it's, it's less of an educational platform. There, there, there is some on there. Um, but it's more about 
guiding people through experiences. Um, so more like a headspace, but for breath work. Um, but I have a book that's coming out and that provides the information that really everyone should understand about, about the breath. You know, we, we breathe, you know, any, up to 20, usually up to 27,000 times per day. And if you did anything else that many times, times a day you would uh, have a pretty good idea of how and why you do it so hopefully um, this book uh, the aim of it was to create the breathwork book I wish I had when I first started you know to answer all the questions that I had that took me traveling across you know, five continents to be able to find the people to get the answers so hopefully this makes other people's lives a lot easier and provides the basis and the grounding of the information they need to understand about their breath and also a bit of a map of what's available too, because, you know, breath is such a broad subject and there's so many ways to use it that I want people to kind of have an overarching idea of what is possible. And then they can go, you know what? I really like the sports performance stuff. I'm going to go see Patrick, or I really like the therapeutic side of things. I'm going to go try holotropic breath work, you know, and it give a bit of an overarching idea of, of what's available to them. hundred percent. I think, one of the interesting things you said there is like how often we breathe on a daily basis. And again, it just reiterates to me if that's dysfunctional at all, like it's just going to cause so many, so many issues in terms of giving us like a little sneak peek for like a take home thing that someone could use in terms of stress management. Is there anything like you'd suggest with anyone not to give away all the secrets in the book, but no, I'm, Hey, the, the, the breathing techniques, you know, <laughs> like it's, it'd be like, giving away the secret of a bicep curl, you know, like <laughs> it belongs to everybody. Um, uh, so let's see. So, I mean, there are so many, so many different ways to breathe to be able for things like stress. Um, so let me give a couple of principles and then you can have a bit of a play. So typically when we, let's say when we do feel stressed and I'll throw this to you, um, not to put you on the spot or anything, but if you feel stressed or anxious, do you, have you noticed if your breathing changes? Yeah, I think I, I very much subconsciously have become a lot more aware of it recently, but I definitely go into sort of mouth breathing almost in my chest and it's that mm. adrenaline fight or flight sort of mode. So mouth breathing up in the chest, perhaps most likely a little bit faster, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that is a, that is the body's way of preparing for action. Right. So, you know, you're going into that fight or flight mode. This is how you should breathe when you're in the fight or flight mode. Now, there's actually nothing wrong with that. That is what is supposed to happen. But the difference is if you're going into a, a meeting or about to see a client or something like that, and you start to breathe in that way and go into the fight or flight mode, there's really not much point because you know you're safe, you know everything's okay. So, we can use the breath then to be able to turn that around. So, if Breathing high up into the chest, through the mouth, um, a little bit faster is our fight or flight activating breath. Then what do you think is our rest and digest relaxing breath? I, I would presume uh, slow like inhalation through the nose and, and exhalations out through the nose and trying to get a full breath in and out with like maybe like two to three seconds in and out each way. Yeah. So in and out through the nose, you said nose, you said full breath. So like a deeper, lower breath, um, two to three seconds, slowing the breath down. Exactly. So you can teach this, no problem. So it's, it's, that's exactly what it is. If, uh, if, uh, activating breath is probably up in the chest through the mouth and higher and at a faster rate then a relaxing breath is into the belly or lower into, into the abdominal region. Um, 
diaphragmatically. Uh, the chest still moves, but but it, 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 the, the breath hits more of the lower parts of the lobes uh, through the nose and slower. It's that simple. So the most easy way to start to experience uh, relaxation when you start to, to using your breath is something called coherence breathing, which is just six seconds in, six seconds out, through the nose, nice and slow, in the belly. Do that for you know, three to four minutes and you'll start to feel a massive difference. Um, that is a very, very simple one that anyone can do. You can start to experiment with other times if you want to go seven seconds or even eight seconds, give it a go. If six seconds feels like too much, make it five seconds or four seconds and then slowly work your way up. Um, but just making sure that you have those things in mind, in and out through the nose, um, breathing low into um, we call it into the belly, uh, which is typically comes from yoga. But really, what we want is to experience if you know if your if your abdomen is is here and you put your hands um, on the sides of your rib cage at the bottom of the sides of your rib cage, you want to feel this expansion in and out through your rib cage. So it's kind of like if you do the Wonder Woman pose. So you have your hands just beneath your rib cage on your hips. You should feel that expansion sideways into the front and even into your back. And if you feel that, it probably means that your diaphragm is, is, is being um, utilized in its, in its fullest manner. So that's a fantastic one for, for relaxation. Um, you know, on the flip side, people sometimes need to be able to activate as well. You know, a lot of athletes, um, even before they go into competition, some people will be, you know, hyper excitable and very, very nervous. Some people actually go into the opposite response where they just feel dead. They just don't feel like anything. They feel numb. In which case, sometimes using excitable styles of breath uh, can be really, really useful. So actually breathing faster, sometimes breathing through the mouth just for short periods of time um, to, to get them up works really well. So, um, yeah. It's amazing how you can flip your nervous system as well and parasympathetic, sympathetic by manipulating your breath work in those scenarios. It's, it's the gateway into our autonomic nervous system. It's like uh, the controller. It's the only function in the body that's 100% automatic, but also 100% under our control. So it's really um, powerful in that sense and unique in that sense. It's almost as though like Mother Nature designed us this way, you know, and that we have something pretty cool that we get to use. It's crazy. I never thought about it in that way, but the only other similar system which you have no control over is your heartbeat because you can't consciously make your heartbeat faster or slower with just conscious thought. Um, but obviously it's continuously beating without you thinking about it. And similarly, you breathe without really thinking about it, but you can consciously control that. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what, and some people can, you know, like lower their heartbeat just through thought and that kind of thing. It's definitely possible, but it's way harder and takes a lot of training. This is something that anyone can do instantly, you know, um, you know, people can hold their Wii in, yeah, I suppose, that kind of thing and have some sort of, have some sort of influence over, over, over that process. But really breathing is the only one that we have 100% complete um, control over. And it's very unique in that sense. 100%. So we'll start to wrap things up there, Richie. So it's been hugely insightful and knowledgeable. So give us a bit of an insight. When's the book coming out? Oh, yep. So book comes out in the UK, September 10th. Um, and then in the States, it's actually a bit later, I think October 13 and other parts, other countries, I don't know, <laughs> but it, it'll, it, it's all on my website. Um, and probably will be shouted about on my Instagram as well. Um, the is my website, the on Instagram, 
I, do, I post most updates and stuff on, on Instagram. Um, and, uh, yeah, if I'll be doing some, some, some Instagram lives and some online stuff, especially leading up to the book. I mean, I always do anyway, but a little bit more leading up to the book. So just keep a lookout and see, um, if you can, yeah, find time to join in on a, on a live session or something like that. Uh, you know, many people, no, no pun intended, get pretty blown away by their first breathwork session. So, um, you know, give it a go and see what you think. Where, where's the best place to buy a book when it comes live in September? Um, uh, so Amazon, obviously, uh, but, and I think it's, it's, it's going to be in like Waterstones in the UK and, um, I think various other places as well, where you, all good places where you buy books. Um, but I, oh God, I mean, I'm, I'm just so used to buying stuff for Amazon now, especially after the lockdown, right? <laughs> it's just, it's, uh, if anyone's done really well off this lockdown, I think it's Amazon. <laughs> Holy um, moly. Yeah, 100%. So thank you so much for your time, uh, Richard. I know everyone listening to this will find this hugely insightful. So if you guys found this useful, please make sure you share this to your Instagram stories. Give Richard a follow. Check out his book that's coming out in September because I'll definitely be getting a copy. Uh, we also have the gyms opening in the UK on Saturday 25th tomorrow. So uh, if you need help with your training programs, anything like that, Shred Nate program, Sculpt Nate program, still 77% off at £37. The link below is for that and also for Richie's details uh, as well. So thank you so much for your time, dude. Really, really insightful and it'll be appreciated by everybody. Thank you so much for having me. Such a thank pleasure you. to chat.